You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. Welcome to One Hour at a Time. This is Mary Woods, and I hope you all had a wonderful new year and that you will be blessed with good health and happiness for this year as well. Um, We have a wonderful show today that I'm really excited about. Um, We talk about recovery um, from addiction, and it's so important to share people's journeys. And we have a wonderful person today that's going to share his journey with us in a very um, musical and spiritual way. Our guest today is Mighty Sam McLean, whose early success came in the mid-60s with Don Gibson's Sweet Dreams. He moved to Nashville, and then he went to New Orleans in successive years, found him doing menial jobs, sleeping outdoors, and selling his blood to survive. The Neville brothers were instrumental in giving him a base to regroup. An invitation to do a tour in Japan in 1989 set him on track again. In 2007, Sam devoted his time to the Give Us Your Poor Project, a national initiative to aid the homeless. He recorded a song with uh, Natalie Merchant for the CD and wrote and performed a duet with John Bon Jovi titled Show Me the Way, The Soul of America is his European title. But he is, just as the lyrics he wrote, I'm a singer, a man with a song, and I've got a message for you. And Sam is going to share his message with us today. Welcome, Sam. Thank you, Mary. I'm glad to be with you. Well, we have a lot to talk about, and um, how did you get interested in homelessness? Well, how did I get interested in homelessness? I was introduced to homelessness by being homeless, but it, it, and it's amazing. Uh, uh, I, I left home when I was 13 years of age, as you probably read in my bio, uh, uh, but I really didn't really understand what true homelessness was. Because I remember looking back and thinking one day somewhere in in my life I was going along the road and I saw somebody eating out of a garbage can. And my thought was, how can you eat out of a garbage can? That was my thought. I mean, how in the hell can you do that? You can't eat out of a garbage can. Well, (laughs) I lived long enough. I found out. And let me tell you. I was glad to find something. You were grateful I, after I went through all of my pride and, and, and humbled myself enough to go into the garbage can to look for food, I was so thankful that I found something. What I found, all I found was an onion. One long onion. <laughs> and I took it back to my house, and the lady I was married to at the time, we stewed it with some old spaghetti sauce that was in this apartment that, that was there and some old bread that we had been saving for the bird that molded. <laughs> that was one of the first times I had to eat out the garbage can. Well, that's what we had to eat. I found that onion. I brought it home, and my wife stewed it in some old tomato sauce and uh, some uh, old molded bread, and that's what we had for dinner that evening. But <laughs> it was times before that. It's been an interesting life. Like I said, I left home when I was 13 years old, Mary, and I, I had a stepfather who, uh, whom I loved so much. I loved him so much, but he just couldn't see it as hard to find a way to love me. Some reason, I don't know what the reason were, uh, uh, but he was a good man. He was a good man. He did the best he could, I think. And uh, but, but nevertheless, I left home because he hit me a couple of times. He hit me with a hammer, 
in my head one time, and he hit me with a walking stick one time. You know? And I was thinking about killing my father. And I loved him, so I really did, because I never knew my father. My father left my mother before I was two years old. So I didn't get a chance to know my father at all. And I really wanted this guy to step in and, uh, and, and, and fill, that, fill that slot, but, but he wouldn't. But nevertheless, uh, to keep from going out taking violence on him, and it was very easy to do what I was planning on doing because he was a hunter, and he had guns and stuff all over the house. There were gun racks. There, as a matter of fact, there was even a gun rack in my bedroom. And so I have stood up over here in my mother's bed looking down at this man, thinking about killing him. But I didn't. I left. I was 13 years old. I crawled out the window of my father's mother's house. And I guess that was my beginning of going to lead me to the experience of living on the streets and, and sleeping outside and having to sell my, my blood, my plasma, and all this stuff. But that's when it started. It started very early on. I, like I say, I was outdoors. I left home. I was 13 years old. I lived with my grandmother and my auntie and, auntie and people like that for a while. But when I was 15, I was completely out there on my own. I had got a room, had my first room by myself when I was 15 years old. So I've basically been out here myself all of my life. All of my life, and uh, and when the time really got bad, the eating out of the garbage can, I guess it started probably in the late '60s after I had had a little stench of a so-called hit record in 1966. One of my records went to the charts and was done very well, and uh, I went to places like the Apollo Theater, which was a mecca for black people to play back in that back in that day and that time. And uh, and so it, 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 I went from from that to having to be humble enough to say, God, I'm sorry, and yes, I will, and help me. But I went through the garbage can and humbled myself, and that's how that first got started. And it's been an off and on trip for years up until about, I guess, early 80s. Early eighties, I moved. I moved from Nashville to New Orleans. That that little bow just read. It wasn't quite correct, but it, it, it had some 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 of the stuff in it was correct. But I did move. I lived in Nashville for a long time. That's when most of my sleeping outdoors and 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 going hungry. Uh, I moved to Nashville in seventy five, and I stayed there until nineteen eighty two, I believe, and then I moved to New Orleans. But Nashville was was really a a, a training ground for me, I, I, I'd say, because when I went to Nashville, I, I really thought that was going to be the place that God was going to allow me to launch my career and uh, and get things moving. I, I believe that with all my heart, man. I mean, I was I was ready to go, <laughs> I was ready to go, you know. But uh, it was a, it was a, it was time for me to go to school. And what got in the teaching. way? What's that? What, what got in the way of uh, God helping you to launch your career? Yes. Yes. <laughs> what, what, what got in the way? What what got in the way? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, actually, it, it wasn't time. I probably what got in the way is that it just wasn't time. All that was in my head, in my mind. I don't know if that was to this day. Obviously, it wasn't God because God is not a God of confusion. And if that was supposed to have happened, it would have happened. But it just wasn't. It wasn't supposed to happen because now I know I wasn't ready, Mary. I thought I was ready, but I wasn't nowhere near ready. You know, I mean, I wasn't ready to, for the responsibility. I just, I just wasn't ready. I, like I said, I left home when I was 13 years old. So I hadn't even got grounded as a human being, really, 
as to what anything about life was about. And so the little success that when it when it's little success that finally came in 1966, I mean, I, I blew it before it came good. I mean, I was late for my first job at the Apollo Theater, where I just told you about a minute ago. The very first big gig I had at the Apollo Theater, I was late because I was drinking. I didn't have sense enough to get there for my biggest gig in my life. I didn't have sense enough to get there on time. Because you were I was, drinking. I was late because of that alcohol. I was drinking then, so when you say recovery, I certainly understand what you mean because I've been there, done that. But this was, this was, I think this was God's way of showing me and, and letting me learn from all my mistakes because I, I had to come back down and, and really start learning some real things about real life and real people, getting my butt out, getting a real job. I had never had a Social Security card until, uh, I guess, uh, actually until I probably got ready to, to start really working in Nashville. Because from the country, uh, we, 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 we was, I was raised out in the country, and I left the country. I started right into the music. And, uh, and so uh, the music but it never required me to have a, a Social Security card because most of my money was coming from up under the table anyway, you know. And uh, so that, that, was never re- that was never required. So I was, I, was, I was, actually, I was afraid to go out in the public and start looking for a real job because I didn't know about that world. I was afraid of it. All I knew was music. So that was one of the first things God started teaching me when I moved to Nashville and got to Nashville. I had to start learning a whole bunch of stuff. But the first thing I had to do was go through the experience of sleeping outside, being hungry, selling my blood, selling my plasma, and still trying to keep the right attitude and faith in God and not doing anything stupid. I thought about killing myself I don't know how many times because I felt so alone. I felt so alone. I remember I was sent up on West End and, uh, and Broadway, I believe it was, in Nashville, and, 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 and I was just thinking of all these peoples in this world. It looked like to me that I could see in my mind's eye every human being on the planet Earth <laughs> that exists, and there was not one that I saw that I could call. Um, that, was, that was one of the most loneliest times I think I ever felt in my life. And that's one, I think, one of the few times I really thought about taking my life because I, I just didn't see no hope at that moment I lost hope. But that, that, that was only momentarily. But it, 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 it certainly flashed. And I was right there by the river. I was right down there by the river, so it was very easy to do. But uh, by the grace of God, that didn't happen. But, uh, Sam, are, um, how much of your hopelessness was the result of your drinking alcohol? Uh, how much? Uh, your feeling hopeless was the result of your alcohol. Yeah, I, I, I heard you. I'm just, I'm just thinking. Yeah. I, I would probably say 75%. 75%. Yeah, because a uh, uh, business was not important. You know, what I mean, I mean, alcohol is alcohol is is, is just like Satan. It, it lie. It it tells you just the opposite of what it's what it's true. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, so I mean, when you and when you don't know, you don't even know that you don't know. That's so right. you just keep going down that blind one way street until, by the grace of God, you know, somebody touch you. And I remember, maybe I had I've had so many people try to advise me and give me good direction and good ideas about things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, you, don't, you, you, don't, you don't hear until you're ready to hear. You don't see until you're ready to see. You hear what you want to hear and see what you want to see. Uh, you see what you want to see and hear what you want to hear, I think, a lot of us do. And I certainly was in my case. And, and I, was, I was a very, very, very late, late, late bloomer as I listened to, to the real things about life. And I think part of that comes from me leaving home so early and being out here in these streets too early without any kind of real foundation. But I don't blame anybody for that. Uh, that was a time I was I was holding blame. 
you know, from my mama to right. why did you have me to my to my daddy, why did you leave to my stepdaddy, why didn't you love me? You know, and, and I, but I, but I don't I don't blame anybody anymore. I just thank God that I'm here, and uh, because I know it's it's all by His grace and His purpose, and He had a reason for this. And I think everybody in my life did the best that they could do at that time with what they knew to do with. That's kind of a nice segue into our first song, which is called I Wish You Well. Yeah, man. <laughs> and, um, we're going to be sharing that with our audience. All right. And then we'll go to commercial, and we'll come back and find out some more about your songwriting and your career. We, I'll tell you about this song that you to play right now when we come back. Okay. All right. All right. America Health and Wellness. 
Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. If you're looking for a better way to clean the air in your home or office, you need the all-new ozone light. It's as simple as changing your light bulbs. The ozone light looks like a normal spiral type of light bulb. It screws in most standard light sockets, but it's not a normal light bulb. It's coated with titanium dioxide. It's completely safe, but this unique coating kills most airborne bacteria, mold spores, and neutralizes odors. Just one light cleans the air in an entire room and lasts eight times longer than the normal light bulb. If you have smokers, if you have allergies, if you have pet odors, mold, or mildew, you need the ozone light. It will wipe them out. And you have our word. If you're not satisfied with the way the ozone light cleans the air in your home, simply return it for a full refund. Here's the number to call to order. 800-380-4259. 800-380-4259. Save up to $100 now. 800-380-4259. 800-380-4259. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you enjoyed. I wish you well. Um, for those of you who like the blues, you can see that we have a real virtuoso with us today. Um, Sam, how did I wish you well come about? Where did that come from? Well, this particular song uh, 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 was shared up by uh, my good friend and uh, guitar player and uh, uh, music director, uh, Pat Hurley. He uh, is was coming through some things, him and his wife coming through a real serious, real serious challenge, divorce ahead of them after 19 years. And it was, it was, it was, things were pretty tough. Things were pretty tough. But as I was telling you a minute ago off the air, the, before Wish You Well, the first song was written for Pat was Missing You because I, I knew he was dealing with the, the fact that he was going to have to accept the fact that maybe this was going to be, that he was going to have to leave his family and let his family go, et cetera, et cetera. And so I, I was kind of like helping, helping, my way was helping to face it with just, hey, man, let's just let's just think about it and just, just say what you truly, truly, truly feel. You know, just, just let it out. And so he had this music going on in his head, and uh, he sent it to me, and I heard it, and I just I just started crying when I heard it because, I mean, I, I just, any words I had in my mind just jumped up because I knew how he felt. I've been there. I know what it is to lose someone you love. And, and, and so it, I wrote Missing You, and I brought him over to my house, and I played it for him, and then he just, he just, he just flooded. He just opened the gate, and he just, just, just let it absolutely go. And so anyway, after that, uh, we were going through some more music, and this tune, Wish You Well, came up, and it just, it just felt so right. 
And so I wrote Wish You Well, and I called him up with a pet. I think we got something else, man. And <laughs> I played it for him, and he loved it. And so that's really where the first two songs that we're going to hear today, they came from inspiration of a, a sad situation, but yet it's, it's going to work out like it's supposed to. But it came actually from uh, uh, from my director, my uh, my friend and partner, Pat Hurley. Uh, 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 and so Wish You Well was certainly a thing that he needed to hear because he needed to get that in his frame of mind, and I knew he needed to have that in his frame of mind. So that was my way of trying to nudge him into the way he should think because I know that's what I had to learn, too. We've got to let it go and wish the best for each other. So that's what really where that came from. Right, and forgiveness is a real part of recovery and it's Amen. a real part of um, living in, in God's way. Yes, yes, and you have to forgive starting off just for yourself. You know, forget the other person. you got to forgive just to free yourself because if you don't forgive, you'll never be free. You'll never be free of that. You'll never know how good it feels to let that go and not to mention that you have the power to forgive that person because it wasn't nothing but stuff. All this ain't nothing but stuff that we're going through down here, you know, for a moment. You know, so, but we hold on to stuff because we don't know any better. That's the way we were taught. That's the way we were raised, et cetera, et cetera. And, and it's tough. It's tough letting go and let God because uh, most people have a hard time believing in God because they can't see him and, uh, and they don't recognize the things around him as God's creation, so they have a hard time with that. And I understand that. Have you always had a strong faith? No. No. Uh, uh, even though and I was raised up in church, uh, uh, my mother had a gospel group. I started singing when I was five years old in my mother's group. Uh, uh, my first song I sang in the church was a song called On the Battlefield, Working for My Lord. And, uh, and back in those days, uh, uh, people were shouting at our church, we was Baptist holiness type thing, and they'd shout and faint and all that stuff. And I was afraid of dead people. And this lady jumped up and started shouting, and she grabbed me around my neck. <laughs> and I was little and pulled me in between her big old chest, and I just freaked out. <laughs> I started crying, and my mama had to come get me. You know? That was my first experience out in the public, out in the public singing. And, 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 but my faith was not in Christ and God. My faith was in my mama and my mom and my dad. I didn't really have no belief. My, my mama had me baptized when I was five, I believe. When I was five or six, I got baptized. But uh, I got I got baptized myself uh, when I turned 27, 28, I believe, when I when I decided myself that I believed in Jesus and I'm go, I got myself baptized. And that's when I started my faith. I guess that was in 1973 when I made a decision that, yes, I do believe in God. But before that, no, it was it was I was living on my own on the prayer of my mama. On the prayer of my mama, my grandmama and all them other folks that were praying for me, you know. <laughs> I didn't I didn't have a clue. How did you come to your faith? How did how did it um grow in you? Well well it like I say, it started in seventy three. It started in seventy three tenderly, very gently. Uh I, I've heard people talk about how God come in, you know, on a whirlwind and raising sand, but and condemnation, but it was just very gently. He looked at me and told me, I, I, I love you. I love you, and what are you doing? Almost like Paul on his way uh, on Damascus Road. And he said, what, what, why are you killing my people? What, what's, what's your problem? Well, my, 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 my biggest thing then, I think, was using God's precious women. And, and a lot of musicians have been guilty of that, and I, I'm sorry to say that, and I'm, I'm one of them. And uh, and that's what I mean. I, I just 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 looked up, and there was an image of God looking down straight at me, 
you know, and said, "What are you doing?" I mean, it, it, this 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 could be a long story here, and, and I'm 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 don't share it too easy because it sometimes is almost too far fetched for most people to believe, and I haven't talked about it too much. But and plus the fact that I personally is enough. And, and and some people think you're nuts anyway, you know, when you believe in Jesus Christ. And that, that, matter of fact, that's why I wrote that song that we're going to hear later on, Too Much Jesus, Not Enough Whiskey. That's, that's another story, too. But uh, 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 it was God just showed up one night on the highway. Well, actually, it started in New Orleans. Uh, uh, I was getting ready to go home and see my, my folks for the first time, whom I hadn't saw in a long time. And uh, I was working in New Orleans down in the French Quarters at the 544 Club there on Bourbon and Toulouse. And uh, after we got off playing that night, uh, one of the groups that played up the streets from us invited me up to, uh, invited, well, me and the band up to come sit in with them and jam some. Well, we did that. And and as I was on stage jamming, it was like, when we first started jamming, there was nobody out on the patio. This was outside by 3 o'clock in the morning on the patio down in the French Quarter. Everything was proper. This time they're getting ready to close down and sweep up. They never don't really close down, but they close down for a minute, open back up, sweep up, et cetera, et cetera. But when we first started jamming, there was no one out on the terrace, Mary. There was no one there except maybe two or three people. And I started singing, and Lord God, I don't know. It's, a, it's just like the clouds got dark. Earthquake came. This is just happening with nobody but me. And I got my eyes closed, I'm seeing. I opened my eyes, this very same terrace that I was standing on just a second ago, there was no people. I opened my eyes, and it was full of people. All kinds of people, all races of people. It was the weirdest thing. And the woman I was married to at that time, she was doing one of the most hellacious things that, that hurt me during my heart to see. She was flirting with some man. It was just so much going on at that time. It, it, it was just really weird. But anyway... We got on in, my, in, in the van after, after the show, and while I was heading home to see my folks, we was in New Orleans, and my folks live in Monroe, Louisiana, which is about maybe about a five-hour ride, about a five-hour ride. But we took off from New Orleans, heading to Monroe, man, and it started storming, and, and sometimes the storm got so bad it would just stop. It would just stop that truck in the middle of the road. I had my accelerator down to the floor, and it wouldn't go, and yet it wasn't shaking or rocking or none of that. Thunder and lightning is right here in my face. So I was forced to pull over. God forced me to pull over. And I pulled over, and uh, and I looked up. There's a little details in between here I won't go into. But in between that time, I looked up, and I looked up, and I, I and I looked up right in the face of Christ. And I just started crying, and my wife thought I lost my mind. She didn't know what was going on. This was just between Christ and I. She didn't have a clue. I just started crying. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. As a matter of fact, at this time, we hadn't even got married. I don't, we hadn't even got married because I was still playing that old kind of left field game that Mighty Sam played with. Uh, I, 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 I was engaged in about, I'm almost embarrassed to say this. If somebody have not read it, I don't like to keep repeating this. But when I, when I met this lady that I, that I married, at that time, I was probably engaged with about seven or eight different ladies all at the same time. You know, and, and some of them was in Pensacola, some was in South Carolina. That's just where I was at at that time. And and, and that was the first time when I started trying to be a man because God told me I had to go back and call all those women and uh, tell them the truth and set them free. So um, our next song is, uh, as you explained, is Missing You, which is also about relationships. And yep. Um, yeah, and it's yeah. also in some ways about faith and having faith in the future. So we're about to hear "Missing You." Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. By Sam McLean. America Health and Wellness. 
Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family center recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. This is an important programming note from the Voice America Women's Channel. The Catherine Zox Show is moving. Our new address is Voice America, and we will be heard on Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern, starting Wednesday, November 19th. All of the archives will still be available through Catherine's Boombox Player. Remember, tune in to the Catherine Zox Show on Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern, beginning on Wednesday, November 19th, on Voice America's flagship Voice America Channel. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you're enjoying our show today. Our guest is Sam McLean, and we have the privilege of listening to some of his music. And before we talk a little bit more about your music, Sam, I understand we have a, a caller. So could we hear from our caller, Brenda? Hello, Brenda. Well, I, can we hear from our caller, Brenda? There must be a technology thing going on, so I'm sure they'll click in when they can get her to us. Sam, one of the things... I don't know. Okay. Well, hopefully they'll uh, let her in. Um, But, Sam, one of the things that's very clear in your music and in talking with you is that Adversity can really break some people, but it can also make some people. And, you know, one of your, um, you're such a, a role model for uh, people who have adversity in their life. And, and music is such a wonderful way to communicate. It, it, music goes across all cultures. It goes across all languages. Do we have Brenda on? Hi. Okay. Hi, Brenda. Okay, let me make sure I understand. Your first question was, what inspires me? Yes. And, 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 and well, uh, let me ask that first. Uh, 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 Brenda, I'm, I'm inspired by so many things as you've been listening to this interview right now. I'm inspired right now just by the fact that God has allowed me to live 
to be here when I didn't think this was going. I mean, I I, I never dreamed I lived to to be sixty five. I mean, this, this wasn't part of the, this wasn't part of my plan. And, you know, so I mean, these kind of things, just the reality of life itself, inspired me. Talking to people, seeing people. I'm a great observer of people. I watch, and as you probably know, I travel a lot. And 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 and, and I find they were just not much different than. Any of us, we all are kind of seeking and looking for the same thing. Most of us just don't know it, you know. So my inspiration comes from just now coming into the reality of life and God and, 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 and having the, the privilege to bring this gift of music to people. Uh, I, just, I, I just feel so, so, so blessed, so blessed. I mean, my life has been interesting. It's been tough. Been hard. I mean, there were days you probably heard me say when I wanted to kill myself. I mean, it was. It's been painful. I mean, I, I've been crying as long as I can remember. Mm. But here I am today, praising God. So, so I, I would have to give God the the biggest credit for all this, whatever inspiration, whatever it is that people see any kind of good coming out of this or so. I had to put God at the top of the list as being why. Now, the second question. The second part of the question was what. And the second part was, how do you spread hope to others that are homeless and struggling in some of the same ways that you've struggled in the past? Well, I, 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 I try to spread hope by like we're doing now. I try to do things like this for because it needs to be done, needs to be said by talking about it. I try to write about it, and I try to live the life that I think a, a, a good people, a good Christian people that believe in God should live, live a, a life of love and caring about other people and reaching out to other people. Because we have got to care about each other. I mean, that's just a fact. We've got to learn how to do it. If we don't do that, we're going to self-destruct. All we got to do is just look around and look at the world. I mean, we, 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 I mean, we know we, we're close now to annihilating ourselves. And it could happen to a whole bunch of people right now if some fool were to push the wrong button. You know. So I mean, we have built ourselves into this corner, and God is getting the blame for it. You know, and, and you know, He God can do all this. I mean, God gave us the one of the most beautiful gifts we've ever had. I mean, that's. And we, we just we just blowing it. We were just blowing it. So I try to stress people, and I try to turn them and send them towards God and send them towards love, love. And most people can't even think about love until they really, I think, confront God. And they can't confront God, so they really will never get to love without getting to God because you ain't going to find no pure love without God. The rest of that crap ain't nothing but crap. Sam, what is the Give Us Your Poor project that you worked on? What is that about? Give us your poor. That was that was just what we talked about now. Helping poor people. That's about helping the homeless. That was that was a, a project to help homeless people. And uh, I got called and was invited to be a part of it. And uh, it just grew. When I first was invited to be a part of it about three or four years ago, it was only a couple people: Ronnie Earl and uh, uh, Weeping Willie and a couple other people. But it just grew from uh, from uh, Bruce Springsteen to Bon Jovi, Nick uh, uh Bonnie Ray, uh, just the actor Tim Robinson and. Uh, um, or just on and on, just just tons of people. So I was invited to be a part of that, and I was just so happy to be a part of that. And so I did, and I got a chance to sing with Natalie Merchant, and I got a chance to write the song and, and uh, sing a duet with John Bon Jovi on that. And so it, it was just, it was just, uh, it was just, uh, just something I was supposed to be a part of. Just like I'm supposed to be doing this thing. I'm supposed to be involved in anything that's trying to help us be better human beings than that we are. I mean, I pray to ask God to let me help, let me help. Because, uh, I, I mean, just for my own self, to, just for the, the, the wrong that I've done in my lifetime, I still hurt from that. And I ask God if some any kind of way I can make up by helping people and by giving back, that's what I want to do. Because it's such a pleasure to give. It's such a, it's such a wonderful gift to be able to give. And most people don't know that because we're, we're takers. 
You know, and, and, and if you if you you take it, you don't have no idea what it feels like to give. You have no idea. You just don't have a clue. So so that, that I try I try to pass love on to people. That's that's what I try to do, Brendan. I try to give people hope through love and, and music in any way I can do to help and say something positive to send them in a in a, in a, in a good way. But most of all, when I'm through, I say the ultimately place to go is God because God will be here when everybody else is gone. When mama, wife, sister, brother, everybody else fails. God is the only thing that's constant. So with my last words to everybody, hang on to God, because that's the only somebody that can be there when everybody else can let you down. Sam, we were talking before Brenda came on about um, music kind of being a universal language. And yeah. certainly um, you share so much of emotion and faith and spirituality through, through your music. And I was wondering about Can You Feel It? Where did that come from? Where did that song come from, and how did that come about? That'll be our next song that we hear. Well, it, it, it's about what we're talking about right now. Uh, it, it, it's a, I, I, I'm talking about it's time to listen up. Um, it's time to listen up. And, 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 and there's a line you hear, you hear me say in the song, how can you say you love God when you can't even love your brother who's standing right there in front of you? You know, so that, that was one of my little, my, my, I try to keep my music mixed with, a, 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 you know, real-life stuff, what we consider real-life stuff, but I always try to say something very strong for the positive side and pushing people towards each other and towards God. So, uh, uh, and I think that's part of the reason why my music hadn't got any bigger than what it is for some reason, because they, they can't figure out what to do with me, because I'd I be talking about God, Jesus, and, and peoples, and the devil, and all at the same breath, you know, and that's where it's supposed to be in my mind, but most people don't think it's supposed to be done that way. But that's what this song is about. This song is about wake up, listen up, and let's help one another through this. And uh, we will listen to Can You Feel It by Sam McLean.
and take somebody's hands. We've got to show them the way, the way to the promised land. We all need love, love for one another. We need to love our sisters and we should need to love our brothers. Can you feel that? A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you're enjoying our show today. Uh, I certainly am. Um, for those of you who are Ellie McNeil fans, uh, one of Sam's songs was in, was used in about 12 episodes, and the song was called New Man in Town. Um, Sam has performed all around the world. And how can people get your music, Sam, if they, if they like this and they want to buy your music? Where can they go to get it? Uh, mostly any of the stores, any of the websites, uh, except the music that we're playing right now. Uh, it has not been released. We just finished recording this music, Too Much Jesus, Not the Whiskey is the title of this CD. We just finished recording this uh, last of September. So it, it has not been released yet, but you can get it from my website, MightySam.com, www.MightySam.com. Any of my music can be gotten from my website, but it also can be gotten, the other music that has been released can be gotten from all, all the various stores. Right, and one one. Uh... Speaking of, sorry, and, and the song you're speaking of, new man, new man in town that uh, that uh, 20th Century Fox used with Adam McBeal, they used it in 12 episodes, like you say. Well, they just called me uh, about three months ago, and they get ready to use this song again. Praise God! And uh, they get ready to do a video <laughs> on the thing, and they get ready to use this song again. And I'm just so amazed. And you were talking about one of those things. What 
what what in, what what where my faith come from, how it's increased, just like that. I mean, I got this call out of nowhere. I was sitting at home watching my television, Mary, and 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 the television rang, and I was watching 20th Century Fox. I was watching 20th Century Fox, and the phone rang into my home, and the lady said, "This is whatever the name was. This is 20th Century Fox calling for Samuel McClain." <laughs> it scared me so bad, I wouldn't answer the phone. I let the, I let the lady went ahead and left a message because I didn't know what to say. I was dumbfounded. I was dumbfounded. Well. After that, I said my prayers, counted my blessings, and I picked up the phone, and I called a lady back. And she said, Sam, we have been trying to find you. You're a hard man to catch up with. She said, David Kelly loves your song. He want to use it in a spot, in a 30-second spot. Would you be interested? And, of course, I said, no, not me. <laughs> Why would I be interested in something that 20th Century Fox want to do, you know, on the crazy kind of side? But, of course, I said yes. And, and that day, before the day was over, she had called me back three times. And, and they wound up using this song in, in, in 12 episodes. No more than I've made and saw it my whole life. But that, that's, that's just one of those things that God can do. And people ask me all the time, how did David find your song? How did that happen? I don't have a clue. You have, don't two have, other, a clue. You have two other CDs that people might be interested in, Blues for the Soul and Sweet Dreams. Yes. All and that can Journey. be bought from my website, all of that. And Journey. And um, we're... We have one more song for our last segment, which everybody at work just loves this title, and it's uh, Too Much Jesus and Not Enough Whiskey. How, <laughs> how did, tell us about this song. It's, uh, the title is very intriguing. And oh, yeah. It's quite the conversation piece. What happened? This this song has been in the making for, for years. I mean, It for sounds years. like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, uh, uh, as I told you, when I started having faith and started believing in Christ and God myself, well, well, well. As as that went along, of course, I got more bold and confidence and and feeling free and and almost desperately to talk about it because I I want I want people that I love to care. I want everybody to know about this. I mean, there there is hope. There is hope. So so I kind of I guess get a little excited sometimes about. I don't try to be no preacher, but I but I don't I don't I don't bite my tongue when I got to say what I got to say about whatever it is I believe. And uh, so back when I first moved up to New Hampshire, I I was still drinking. I just stopped drinking alcohol, I guess, about 11, 11, maybe 11 or 12 years ago, maybe. I've been up here now about 15 years. But when I came up here, I made, I made friends with a bunch of people that drink as well because, I mean, you know, birds of a feather flock together. You know? That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I stopped drinking all at once. I mean, I, I got a ticket one, one, one night. I got pulled over, my wife and I, and, and uh, a friend of mine was visiting me up from Georgia, and uh, we were drinking. And and I got pulled over, and I was arguing with the, with the police officers. I I wasn't drunk because I was used to drinking that amount, and I was fine. You know, I, I'm used to driving like I've been drunk like this for forty years. You know, so how are you gonna tell me I'm drunk? I've been fortunate like this for fifty years. You tell me I'm drunk, but anyway, the lady was kind. She was kind to me. Gave me a ticket. I went to court, and uh and I and I knew then that that was gonna be my last time drinking because I looked at this dear lady that I was just just had just married, and I saw the hurt and pain and frustration on her face. And plus, she was trying to drink along with me. I mean, just kind of got caught up into that as well. But I look at her, and I told her, I said, Honey, I promise you, this is the last time. We, we was in court at this time when I thought, I, I would never bring you through this again. I would never put you through this again. I saw the pain and the hurt in her eyes, and it hurt me so bad that I was doing this to the lady that I had been so gracious and the God that gave me somebody else to love. 
And so I asked, I begged for mercy from the court. I asked, I asked the judge, Your Honor, is there any mercy? Because you, is there kind of way you can uh, get me out of this? This is my first offense. He said, Mr. McLean, I see that, and I, and I do have compassion. Said, but this is beyond my control. That we have to give you this. This is a misdemeanor. So what I have to do, start for stars, I have to take your driver's license, and then I'm going to request that you go to this school, all this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so that was the, that was the day. That was that was that was my wake up call. Uh, between that that judge with that black robe looking over them glasses at me, and uh, <laughs> and my wife looking at me, it's like never again. And I told her, and, and Lord knows, maybe she looked at me and laughed and almost wanted to pat me and rub me on my head. You know how you do a little boy or a little kid when they're talking something they don't know what they're talking about. You know, she kind of like looked at me with that little smile. And uh, Lord knows that was the last drink I had. I haven't had I haven't had another drop. Congratulations. That day. Thank you very much. It's one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. And I find I have more fun than I ever dreamed I could have. You know, and I thought, man, when you're going to have a party, you got to stop by the liquor store before you go have a party. I mean, that's the way we do it in America. You know that. Yep, I know that, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're going to party, we're going to go to the liquor store. But now I have more fun than most everybody in my mind. I mean, I'm one of the most happy person in my mind than I could imagine I would be. And, and, it's, and I'm sober. I'm sober. It's almost unbelievable. It's almost unbelievable. It's almost unbelievable because you come dependent and it just seemed like the right thing to do. And so I drank, I drank, and I drank, and I drank, and I drank until I finally got to this point. But anyway. We're after, about to go into too much Jesus and not enough wisdom. Exactly. That's, that's, that's where I'm going. Before, cause I, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll get on off here if you don't stop me in direct fact. But this time I, I stopped myself. So. Uh, 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 a few years back, uh, uh, I was just walking through the hall there and, and, in, in my house, and I said, honey, you know, I said, everybody just to stop coming, man. They, they, they just don't, they don't come around no more. What's going on with everybody? And, uh, and it just, before I could ask the question good, the answer came right in my mind. He said, well, you, you're talking about me, and you ain't drinking whiskey anymore. Right. I said, oh, too much Jesus, not enough whiskey, huh? Yeah. I said, well, that sounds like a song to me. And me and Sam just kind of laughed about it. And so the, 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 the towel just floated around up until about two years ago. And uh, I had tried some different types of music for it that didn't work out. I tried a, a blues thing that didn't work out. I tried a kind of funk thing I was thinking about. That didn't work. And Pat and I got together, and he, he tried this little thing on me. And I said, Pat, that's it. That's it. And the rest is history. We wrote it down. And, but that's where this song come from. We've called all of my friends stop coming around. When I stopped drinking whiskey and started talking about Jesus, <laughs> they, they took exit left. <laughs> and thank you so much for being our guest today. And we'll end our show with uh, too much Jesus and not enough whiskey. And thank you so much. And uh, oh, you're, it's my you're pleasure. wonderful. Thanks. It's, it's my pleasure, dear. Have a good week, everybody. Not enough whiskey, the only thing on your mind. Too much Jesus, not enough whiskey. Don't be sitting around crying. Too much Jesus, not enough whiskey. You ran all of your friends away. Too much Jesus, not enough whiskey. That's all you ever had to say. Too much 
much Jesus, not enough whiskey. So don't be sitting around crying. Jesus told you a long time ago, pick up your cross and follow me. Now you ask yourself, what's wrong? It's right there in your song. Too much Jesus, just a little bit too much. Too much Jesus, oh, just a little bit too much. Walking this road for a real long time Trying to keep a cool head Trying to keep a sound mind You don't care what they may say Because you know Jesus is the only way You stop doing this Or you stop doing that Appreciate you joining us today for one hour at a time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week.